Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How's it going, everyone? This is Josh from Diamond State Scouting. Mock draft season is here. We have the best mock draft simulator for you this season. Walk the Mock is the most unique simulator on the internet. It allows you to do a mock draft with your friends or by yourself with trades. There's much, much more you can do with it. You can even share it on social media. But please use promo code DSCOUTING for 20% off either your first month or your annual membership. And again, that's at walkthemock.com. Just use D-S-S-C-O-U-T-I-N-G for that 20% off your first membership. Get to choose in this life, win and lose in this life. But I'm approved in this life. We can move in this life. Can't change up. My team too real, so we stay young. Yeah, this is our year. Can't change up. My team too real, so we stay young. Yeah, this is our year. Can't change up. My team too real, so we stay young. Yeah, this is our year. Can't change up. My team too real, so we stay young. Welcome to the Diamond State Scouting, a part of the Say It Again Network. I am Josh Wingate at Josh Wingate three hundred two, um, with my partner in crime at Brett Lagasse sixty seven, <laughs> and we have special guest tonight, Brian Bassarge. Um, he is from actually Draft Countdown, one of the first places to get it started. Um, I was just telling him behind scenes how I have not been there in a while. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, man. Yeah. And then we also have Jake Vogel at Real Jake Vogel. How you doing today, Jake? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Definitely. So we just got back from the Senior Bowl last week, which was exciting. Um, first time there. Me and Brett's first time there. I just found out that Brian, he lives in Mobile. Been going there since he was seven years old. It was a great time. Don't you agree, Brett? Yes, I did. I do yeah. agree. It was it was a fun time. It was it was different than I thought. Like I thought it was, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect out of it, but it was definitely a good time. Definitely a nice area. Definitely like I would go back. It's a small town, city kind of vibe. I liked it, man. It was chill. I felt right at home. It was nice. Yeah, I was. He was. Brian was actually saying that uh, small town and everything. I was telling him how we're from Delaware and small town as well. Um, Brian, I'm just curious. You've been going there for a while. How did you like it this year? Anything different that you're not used to? Or what did you think overall about the Senior Bowl this year? Well, I mean, it was a little bit different this year because the weather kind of like messed it up for everybody. Uh, 
you know, it was weird. They had made the announcement on Wednesday that they would have practice outside, even though it rained the entire time. And then on Thursday, they would have the practice inside at the uh, indoor facility at South Alabama, and it rained for about 10 minutes. Um, I was fortunate. I was one of the few media that actually got to be inside of the practice. I was uh, considered uh, a broadcast partner, as I was calling. I called the game on the radio on Saturday, so I was allowed in, which was good for me. But um, but yeah, it was it was a different experience. Um, I wish you guys had come a a couple of years ago so y'all could see the difference in the way it used to be at Lad Stadium pre COVID Uh, and now and and pre COVID as well and to where it is now because I would love to see and hear how y'all thought the stadium experience was different. See, you guys don't know any better. So y'all just got the new, the new hotness, but y'all never had to deal with the old and busted. (laughs) (laughs) It's a night and day difference. And you can ask uh, like Mike Margate, who introduced me to you guys, uh, ask him the differences and he'll tell you. Yeah, no, I, I talked to him prior to it and he was telling me pre COVID it's completely different. So much more fun. It's more, you're able to do a lot more pre COVID. Um, but he, he agrees it's so much better now. Um, Jim Nagy is doing such a great job. Uh, he he's is. doing – love what he's doing. And the players that he's bringing in is just next level. Uh, well, so his scouting yeah. is is like top-notch. Like the team he has scouting around the country oh, to yeah. find these guys, the D3 guys, the D2 guys, FCS. Like, it, he's finding guys he does not care what school they come from. If they got the talent and he feels that they can play in the, at the next level, he's getting there. Like the senior boy has legit talent now. I mean, oh, it, it has before, but I mean, like it, it's at another level recently. I feel like last year was the first year where you're like, okay, uh, getting a Heisman Trophy winner in there. I feel like even Jim Nagy was like, oh my god, this is huge, big time. Um, but anyway, let's get into what we saw at the Senior Bowl day one. Um, Jake, I know you weren't there, but what did you take away? I'm sure you watched some some of the players on. TV. What did your takeaway day one from the senior bowl? Well, I mean, you were one of the guys kind of giving yeah. me that information. You said how Carson strong looked to be, you know, the best quarterback on day one. And then that kind of changed over the next couple of days. Yeah. Quarterback is not a position that um, Brian or I are, are really worried about for our <laughs> NFL teams. Um, him with Joe Burrow and me Don't with Lamar it. Jackson. I but, might be the only um, one on the panel that is. <laughs> yeah, awesome but I, I, I don't know. Tua, Tua still has a shot. Uh, I think he still has a decent shot. Um, but I wouldn't that, go as far was, as that decent. That was interesting. That, that was that was definitely interesting to hear about Carson Strong and then how the offensive linemen and especially the defensive group there really stood out. Uh, Trevor Penning was kind of near the top tier uh, of the O-linemen there. Um, and then if you get to the interior guys – um, clearly uh, Zion Johnson was just kind of the cream of the crop uh, when, when you talk about the senior bowl as, you know, probably the, you know, a top two guard prospect in this entire draft. You could, you could include Kenyon Green, who wasn't there um, in, in that same uh, conversation, but Zion Johnson from everything I heard and everything I've seen so far looks to be the part. And then um, you have guys like Trevor Penning, Bernard Raymond, Max Mitchell, all of those guys, um, Daniel Falele competing and, you know, failing in some ways, but also showing growth throughout the week. So um, 
as a Ravens fan that wants to see offensive linemen added to the to the roster, it was an interesting week. Yeah, and I talked to you a lot about those guys. Um, one of the big players for that week, Brian, I don't know if you noticed it as well, um, Cole Strange. Uh, I think coming in, a lot of people weren't sure about him. But what was your takeaway from Cole Strange that day one? Because I was I'm in DMs texting Jake how excited I was about him. Coming into this week, I had watched one game of Cole Strange's, and that's only because somebody's like, hey, man, yep. watch this Kentucky game. He's an animal. And Marquand McCall is a is going to be – he's going to be drafted probably on day three, a big 360-pound nose tackle, and he handled him in that game. Uh, Cole Strange had never played center, to my knowledge, uh, before this week, and that's pretty much where most of his reps came from yeah. uh, during practice, and he did a great job. Um he, I mean, he had he had his struggles on a couple reps, as did everybody. But uh, you know, for the most part, I thought he did a, a great job. Um, I, I, I think you know, after this week, at worst, he's probably an early day three guy. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he went late on day two. But uh, I think early day three is probably where he's going to be. But you know, a Man. great week for Cole Strange. Yeah, I, watching his film, I don't know if I watched the Kentucky game or not because I was just. That one month, I was just trying to get everyone in for the Senior Bowl. And I just remember he looked light in his bottom half, and I was like, I don't know. I just got to see him against these guys at the Senior Bowl. And like you said, he had some bad reps, but then he came back the next rep, and he just took it to him. And I I was so excited to see him. He definitely needs to fill out his lower half a little bit at the next level, but I agree. Like Early day three would be probably the latest he'll go because he's – He's got the talent. He showed he can do it, and someone's going to take a chance on this kid, and he was so much fun. And I know, Brett, you you were big on him as well, but who yeah. who else did you find big at this day one, I would say? Or overall, we can just hit the overall as well. Well, you know, as, as far as, like, the offensive line, if we want to stick with that theme, I'll, I'll throw a name out there that I thought played really well that doesn't get talked about as much, and that's Dylan Parham out of Memphis. Yeah. I thought he looked really good for the American team and that system they were trying to implement there. And he did a phenomenal job pulling and sealing. And you saw it in practices a couple of times that the holes were open. It was, it was behind him and he pulled and sealed nicely. Like he did a great job playing center, looked natural there. looked like he had some power, had a really good base there. They had him mixed in at guard too. He looked good there as well. And I, I thought he did a really good job, and I don't think he gets as much recognition as some of the other guys that were there. But I thought he did it. I thought he could be a day three prospect pretty easy. So, I mean, he's, again, another one transitioning to center as well. Um, going into this, he was my top center coming in. from, really? Or not center, but top interior guy coming in um, to the Senior Bowl. I just love what I saw on tape. Um, obviously... Um, the Boston College guy took over and just looked really good. Zion. Uh, yeah, Zion Johnson. He looks he's, like he's built in a lab. Like he Well, that's the that. initial thing we and said when, when we first person, showed up. It, well, yeah, was, when we showed up, I said, Cole Strange looks like a guy you expect from FCS school. Yeah. And then Zion Johnson looked like he was built in a lab. Like he was built exactly to play center or guard. But Yeah, yeah for it, sure. It's insane, but they both play with a mean, nasty streak. They both play with a different style, but they it works. So we don't have to stick to offensive line, but Brian, who uh, 
who did you see overall? We'll just hit the overall again um, from the senior bowl that caught your eye offensive, defensively. I want to touch on one thing for Zion Johnson because I, yeah. I think it's uh, every day after practice, he yep. stayed, yes. took snaps, including on Wednesday when it was pouring down rain. Zion Johnson's out there taking snaps after practice. That's that's just the work ethic that's going to just resonate with every single NFL team. But I mean, as far as standout players, I mean, you have to you have to talk about Jermaine Johnson, right? Yeah. I mean, he was only there for two days. He did the Javon Kinlaw. Two days, I'm out. Old and Georgia that's all guy. he needed. <laughs> I mean, Jermaine Johnson dominated every single rep he was in in practice, and probably moved himself from early day two to mid day, mid mid round one. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's. Mm-hmm. I moved him ahead of in my. Top 300 that dropped today. I moved him. I believe I moved him ahead, or he's right there with David Ajabo for that number four edge guy. I uh, I I think Johnson's a real deal. And you talk about built in a lab, that guy right there. Yeah, is, yeah for is, sure. Is, is, is cut yeah. out of stone. Yep. And I think so, the reason he yeah. went under the radar is because of his journey, getting in trouble, going to JUCO, then coming back to Florida State or going to Florida State. So. I think he's definitely under the radar, but man, did he put himself on the map at the Senior Bowl. So, yeah, other than that, um, defensively, I know Brett and I saw Eric Johnson out there, and we, we've we been hyping up Eric Johnson the entire time. He's someone I didn't expect coming in. I believe, what is it, Missouri State? Montana, Missouri State, right? Missouri State. He just, like, we looked at the All-22 the day it rained. I think it was the second day. We mm-hmm. threw it on, and then he just started popping out, popping out. We thought he was Jermaine Johnson there for a little bit. And he was just throwing people around. He was playing the run. He was getting to the quarterback. It was fun to watch. Brett, what did you see from from him that really caught your eye? Because you're the one that really first saw him. Yeah. I, well, so when we were watching the team drills, we were watching them do the installs. And Brian Robinson, who probably has the best vision at the senior uh, bowl as a running back. That's my guy. He had nowhere to go with the ball. And I was like, I saw the entire offensive line collapse. And it was Eric Johnson. And I was trying to figure out who it was. And I kept looking. I thought it was Jermaine Johnson because, I mean, that dude was wreaking havoc. But it was Eric Johnson. He collapsed the guard into the center, which knocked the defensive lineman down and knocked the entire left side of the line down. And there was nowhere to go by himself. And then you saw him do it again. And then the one-on-ones, he's just overpowered offensive lineman. And he's throwing people around like near the end, so he's showing his nastiness. I, I saw a guy who was like ticked off that he was not a Division One guy. Like I sh- saw a guy who said, "I belong in this field, and I'm going to prove it every day if I have to." I absolutely loved it. I think he was like a perfect like five tech. Yep. Yeah, probably about a five tech. I think it was probably his best home, but I think he can play a little bit of everything. And I think you're going to get a guy who's just going to play with a high motor all the time, and he's going to play. Like he's pissed off, like he should have been the first overall pick. He just has that mentality. So, so Brian, I, I did see that you shook your head. What did, what did you see from him as far as? I mean, er- everything that Brett said yeah. and that. I mean, and this was a guy that wasn't even supposed to be at the Senior Bowl. He was on his way yeah. back home from the NFLPA game, gets to O'Hare Airport in Chicago, and his agent says, "Hey, change flights. You're heading to Mobile. <laughs> uh, they want you in the game." And then, like Brett said, he got there like he belonged and should have been there the whole time. I was yeah. a little disappointed he didn't get a combine invite. Uh, oh, he didn't. He should have. No. Did not. <laughs> So that that's a little upsetting, but no, uh, he was another guy. Like you said, just 
tremendously uh, talented in in a week where the best players were all on the defensive line for the most part, and that showed mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, Eric Johnson was was definitely up there as far as that goes as a guy who who I had not even watched before this week. This was yeah, my first I didn't first, first thought of Me Eric either. Johnson. I, I luckily I do have one Missouri State uh, game on the old uh, external hard drive here. I can go to and watch. But, Lucky uh, you! I don't think I have one. <laughs> that was uh, that that was an eye opener for sure. With that guy, he went from who is he to fourth yeah. round. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't exactly. be shocked. Maybe a little earlier. I mean, someone could take a chance on him. Um, but I feel like a lot of the the guys that got a late call got in there, took advantage of that situation. Um, another guy that we saw, Braylon Sanders. Um, he was a, he got there day one, but he was also a late show up. Um, he, I feel like to me, he was the best receiver that week. Um, you also had Calvin Austin. Um, who, who, I'm trying to think who else was there that popped off to us. I think um, Chris, yeah. Christian Watson was another yeah, name yeah. that a lot of people Watson. Yeah, Watson yeah. was the best one there, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, day one, at least, Braylon Sanders, fingertip tip catches. But as well, as, I know we don't have a lot of quarterback needs in this in this group other than <laughs> Brett. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do we think about the quarterback group? Because I feel like hmm. national media-wise, there's a lot of misconception from what we saw to what they're actually saying. I know, and I was shocked that I didn't like what Kenny Pickett did that week. Um, against open air, I feel like he took a lot of check downs rather than showing off his arm a little bit. Um, but I felt like Malik Willis was one of the guys that got better each day. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Willis guy. We do a little Willis watch here since the beginning of the season. But uh, Jake, what, what did you think about the quarterbacks? Yeah, I didn't really dial into them too much yeah. but um i listen you have lamar to jackson you don't have to <laughs> uh hopefully they get they get an extension with lamar soon i'm not sure if it's going to happen before the season or not but um malik willis i i agree seemed to be the guy that that stood out in the group as the week went on and other than him i'd say at the top of the draft teams are going to re- have to rely on their 2021 kenny pickett tape and um matt corral i I think those are the three guys that are going to be at the top of the pecking order at the quarterback position and then after that you get into the carson strongs and um uh whoever else is uh, i guess um howell as well sam howell from north carolina but it's not a super strong quarterback group which hurts teams that don't need it um and and it helps the teams I don't, it doesn't really help the teams that need it because then you're like, I don't know if I should be investing in this quarterback that might not really be worth the pick. So I don't know. It, it's but kind of will. a down down year, I believe. Which Brian, means I, out at the top of the slide. Yeah, Brian, yeah. I feel like you disagreed on the Kenny Pickett thing. I think going in, if you liked <laughs> Kenny Pickett, you still like Kenny Pickett. If you had reservations about Kenny Pickett, I think he did nothing to alleviate that. Unlike Malik Willis, who coming into this week I had in the mid-80s on my board, I was not a fan. After watching the Ole Miss game and the Syracuse game this year where he took a combined 15 sacks, I was like, this man has no pocket presence whatsoever. And I still see it, saw a little bit of that this week, but he did get better. 
and I thought he handled it well in his limited pass reps during the game. Uh, the thing you see, and I've seen Malik Willis in person now twice. I saw him. I covered the Lending Tree Bowl here in Mobile uh, when they played Eastern Michigan, and I saw him, you know, in the Senior Bowl. And you don't want to invoke the name Mike Vick. Oh but no! When you, but when you see him run, he takes those glide steps like mm. Michael Vick did, and it's 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 fun to watch. It really is. Uh, a team's going to take Malik Willis probably higher than he should, but. If the, you have a plan in place, I think maybe a bridge quarterback one year, I think it can pay off for you. Uh, you know, uh, you know, people are going to connect him to Pittsburgh unless they trade up. I don't think he's going to go. He there, you know, he's going to be available. Uh, a team I like as a fit is Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my I, team is Minnesota. <laughs> I want to see him in Minnesota just because I do want a team where he can sit and wait and play the following year. I would not have connected. I just would. I didn't think Minnesota would be yeah. in that market, but if they are, that would be a good mm-hmm. fit as well. Kirk is a free agent next year. Huh? They fit that offense. Does he fit that offense? I don't know. He's um, still I struggling know. to go through full field reads. I was just my whole field. process. I get was the I idea, wanted to, Yeah, I wanted to look at it as where can he sit and learn for a little bit and then play, and that that's where Minnesota came to mind. He can have a veteran quarterback over top of him. Probably won't help him at all. I mean, I don't think Kirk Cousins is the type of guy that's going to sit there and and teach somebody. But I Giants with Dayball. Yeah, but so you fit that offense sit behind Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones ain't going to teach him much, but they they love him some Daniel Jones though. They do. That's true. That's true. Um, The higher ups (laughs) do. I think people are sleeping on Sam Howell a little bit. I think people are taking the 2021 tape and just writing him off a little bit. If you go back to the 2020 tape when he had the two Dayami Brown and the two running backs, I mean, you see a much better player. I think he tried to do too much this year, maybe a little bit, uh, as evidenced by his 900 rushing yards he had. (laughs) But I I thought he was probably, other than Willis, probably the second-best quarterback uh, consistently day-to-day and into the game. Uh, as far as a week, I I like Carson Strong coming into the season, but I'm just I'm I think I'm out. Yeah. Now that, so day one, Carson Strong, I was like, man, he looks good. He's moving well. He's moving better than I expected. He's throwing well on the run. He's throwing strong. He's confident. He was the best quarterback for the national team day one. Then come day two, he just I know it was raining, but you're going to have to play in the rain, and he just yeah, looked he, like he did the opposite of Willis. Yeah, and then like day three, he was really bad in red zone drills, and that's scary. Like he just wasn't pinpoint precise in red zone drills whatsoever, and it was just the the difference was appalling between him and some of the other guys. And I, I just he just took kept going down, and it sucked because I was like, man, I started becoming a Carson Strong guy. I was like, okay, he he's like he's ascending, and then he just kind of tapered off. Man. I still think there's talent to work with. Like if you can get him consistent, but I think he's going to need like to go with like a Jordan Palmer in the offseason to work with to like Josh Allen did, but I don't think he has a ceiling to Josh Allen. Like, yeah, there's and, a, and what was the strength of his was his deep ball accuracy, and mm-hmm. that was just nowhere to be found. Yeah, no, and, all, and this is the week. time to show that off, you know. And you, you're playing with receivers you never played with, so you connect with them. That's huge. And you know he he was off. I was surprised he had Bo Melton open on a couple of those drills 
and he missed them a couple times. And so there's two guys in this draft. One guy, I'm I'm a little higher on Carson Strong than than a lot of people. I don't think he's, I think he's in the top five conversation. Um, a guy that I'm a little lower on is Dev is uh, Desmond Ritter. I'm not a big Ritter guy. I, I just watch his film. Yeah, he's he's. I feel like he's more of a West Coast guy. He's going to have to get in a rhythm. And when you watch, he just makes some really boneheaded decisions sometimes that make you like pull your hair out most of the time. And so who would you, that's my question is who would you take Ritter or, or strong? If you had to decide between these two guys, uh, Brett, I'll, I'll go with you and then Brian and Jake, you know, that one's really tough, but Ritter started coming on day two and three Man. more than strong did. And he looked when Ritter was on the run day two in the rain, he actually didn't yeah. look that bad. It wasn't pretty, but it wasn't as bad. Like he, he started playing better. He looked a little better day two. I, they're both erratic. They both yeah. make mistakes. They both have a decent, like, Ritter's arm isn't as good as Strong's, but Ritter has a good arm, more than good enough in the NFL. But I like Ritter's athleticism and ability to make plays on the run and off plane, so I would probably take Ritter if I had to take the two because if I get him hot and get him in a rhythm, yeah. I can be really good with and strong, if you get him out of the pocket, you might he starts getting into trouble, and they start getting uncomfortable. So at least Ritter I can work with with athleticism. So I'd probably Ritter. Brian, what do you think about that? I, I'm going to agree with Brett here and probably yeah. Ritter. It's it's close, but I'm probably going with Ritter just because of the athleticism and the ability to make plays off script. I don't think that tool is in the, uh, the tool bag there for Carson Strong to be able to make those off script throws. Yeah, I'm, Jake, I'm right I, there. I have a feeling you're agreeing. Yeah, I'm the I'm lone right, wolf here. I'm right there <laughs> with you guys. I, I said that a while back, probably like in October, um, that that I thought Desmond Ritter had some some really solid athleticism to his game. Um, he has enough arm talent to make the throws, but um, his consistency isn't great. And I think when you're comparing those two players, you have to go with the higher floor player, which is Ritter, because of that athleticism it gives you um it gives you a little bit of that uh that leeway um if if he's having an off day at least he has the he has the athleticism whereas carson strong i don't know yeah so i get the athleticism i feel like people in in today's uh nfl get athleticism big but if you throw on desmond ritter's tape from 2020 uh 2021 i feel like you're getting the same player um and i feel like those mistakes that he makes just randomly that come out of nowhere just they blow my mind and they get me so frustrated that could just be why i'm down on him so much but i throw on carson strong's tape and like like brian said earlier his deep ball is beautiful on film uh at the senior bowl it might not have been great i don't know what happened but on tape, he's got a beautiful deep ball that's accurate and, and great. And I think he's a competitor, too. He might not be the competitor that you have in previous drafts because I, I don't think you really have one other than Corral right in this draft. But I don't know. I just, I'm just i a Carson Strong guy over Ritter. Um, but he does give you the upside in the athletic ability. So other than that... Uh, Guys that weren't at the Senior Bowl. It could be juniors that couldn't be there, whatever. Could be the top guys in the draft. 
Uh, Jake, who who are you excited about in this draft overall? Well, since you brought up the Senior Bowl, I'm going to bring up a couple names that are slightly under the radar that should have been at the Senior Bowl. Uh, James Cook from Georgia, running back. Um, to me, he is a very talented guy that could go on day two or day three. Uh, he obviously has the receiving skills you want. Um, to me, he seems more NFL capable than he even was in the college game. And perhaps in the right situation, he could be, you know, the RB one of a team that's, that still uses two backs, but kind of the guy that's, that's more heavily used. Um, so he's one of them. And then another guy I want to bring up is uh, a Georgia player as well. Quay Walker. <laughs> um, he, he was supposed to be there. He stands out on film for me, but seems to go unnoticed by a lot of people I interact with on Twitter. Uh, Channing Tindall is the hotter name after um, N'Kobe Dean in the Georgia linebacking trio. Uh, but, but I really like Quay Walker, number seven at UGA. So um, I'm interested in both of those guys and uh, many, many more. But I just wanted to bring up those two names. I, I can't tell. who's What's that name on your shirt? Georgia <laughs> couldn't tell uh brian who are you excited about who could have been there at the the senior bowl or top overall players i'm still curious why cook and walker both pulled out of the senior bowl i haven't heard any any reason other than probably their agent told them to yeah but uh i want to talk about a quarterback that nobody was really talking about before the shrine game on thursday night and I don't even know how many people watched that because it was on Thursday night while everybody was still composed with the Senior Bowl. Yeah. But a quarterback I've loved all season long watching him is, is Brown quarterback E.J. Perry. And I don't know if you guys have watched him, but I watched a few games of Brown this year just specifically to watch Perry. And this dude carries that whole team on his back. That is a team of just pure garbage. And he carried them to more wins than they had any any right to win, and he ends up winning in a losing effort. The, his team lost, but he won the over the uh, offensive MVP award at the Shrine Game. So uh, EJ Perry, a uh, little homework for you fellas, uh, get get on that. He's currently my number nine QB in this class, behind uh, everybody that was up at the Senior Bowl and Corral and uh, Caleb Ellaby, who was a junior. But uh, EJ Perry's my top-rated quarterback that isn't an underclassman or was at the Senior Bowl. I just looked up. I don't have film from him. I see that he's a Boston College transfer, um, mm-hmm. but I'll have to find it because I always I like watching the quarterbacks just for the fact that Super everyone likes to athlete. talk about him. Super yeah. good athlete. Didn't he and, play basketball uh, too? I believe so. Yeah, he played. Yeah, <laughs> Brett, what do you got? He's like Brad Johnson here. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> so we're talking uh, just overall players. Overall players in this draft that might not have been at the Senior Bowl, no one had a chance to see that they can either watch or check out a little more. Hmm. So there's quite a bit, but um, I feel like with this defensive line and edge performance at the Senior Bowl, I think guys like Drake Jackson, even though he's a three-year junior from USC, I think he's getting overlooked all of a sudden by people because they're talking about the most recent. And yeah, we're still people overlooking the Marvin Leal because the guy like Perry on Winfrey just went and killed it. Um, that is I, someone that I feel like is being overlooked coming into the draft 
And I, I haven't watched his 21 film. I watched his 2020. But coming in, he was regarded as a top five guy before the draft. And then we're looking at mock drafts now, and he's at, like, what, late first, end of the second, um, yeah. most mock drafts. And, and I thought he'd be a little higher than that. I mean, I think he's Athletic guy, moved around the offense or the defensive line, didn't really stick anywhere. I think he'd but, be disruptive, honestly. He's definitely a disruptive guy. For sure. Um, my guy, I'm going to take a, a top-tier guy and offensive tackle – Charles Cross, he is just mm-hmm. – I feel like he is – oh, boy, Brian. Um, if I would have put him in last year's draft, this is my, my thing I'm saying right now, he would have been my number two tackle um, just under Slater because I think he's that good. He's he's a technician. He might not be a mauler, but he's a, he's a very good technician, really good at pass blocking, um, and he gets the job done in the run block. Um, mm-hmm. But that that is my guy. Um ot won in this draft, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not really seeing it with Evan Neal, as a lot of people are saying. But that's just me. Um, Brian, do you do you disagree on what I, I just said there? I saw you kind of cringe a little bit. <laughs> no, it was. I love Charles Cross. Yeah. Okay. And good. <laughs> uh, he's awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if you can go wrong with any of the top three guys. I think. I think they're all just going to be studs from the Who's get-go. your three? Uh, Neil, Aquanu, and uh, Cross. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. love those three guys. And, um, you know, I remember for for years now, we were it was just like offensive tackle prospects were like few and far between. And it feels like now it's just we're, we're just inundated with these guys every year now. And it's like, like with last year with Sewell and Slater and this year with and the year before with the, the four guys that went in the top 12 Werfs and, and wills yeah. and, you know, Andrew Thomas and those guys. And it's just, it's, it's like a Renaissance all of a sudden of the, of the offensive tackle position. And I, like I said, I think those three guys and Trevor Penning, I, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, leave him out. I think he's a top 20 prospect as well, but those, those all four of those guys, I think, are going to be day one NFL starters. And, and but Cross is so god, he's so fun to watch, man. <laughs> oh my god, he he's a technician. Like he does exact, he goes exactly where he needs to be. He, I, I don't think I've seen him make a mistake in the past game at all. Like he's just such a technician. He's got such athleticism. And watching his watching his twenty twenty film, I, I had a note saying I want to see him anchor a little better. His anchor has improved tenfold from last year to this year and his body is filled out a little more he looks like a an nfl left tackle now and it's exciting to see and i know jake is a big Kwanu guy i i just want to see him in his position drills a little bit because he gets beat around the edge to me a little more than i want to see him um, and you don't really get to see him do your traditional pass protection he does more of the hot um sets but I, I just want to see him in his uh, position drills just to make sure that I feel comfortable with him. But if, in my opinion, if he doesn't work out at tackle, he's going to be an all-pro um, offensive guard at the next level. He's I graded him as an all-pro player, but if he doesn't work out at tackle, I think a guard. Vogel, I will let you rave about Iquano. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to comment when you said the thing about Cross. I was looking through my notes. I have like five 
negative plays against Alabama, and all of them come in the run game. So, so you're yeah. right. He 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 is he is somebody that's like not gonna have many negative pay, uh, plays when it comes to pass protection. Uh, I mean, he, he's just so freaking solid. Um, Aquano, I, I think, is maybe even more fun to watch, especially if you enjoy seeing that nasty streak. Um, to me, if you like Trevor Penning, just throw on uh, Akeem Aquano's tape and mm. enjoy that because he is every bit as good as Trevor Penning when it comes to pancaking guys, but he does it in a much controlled manner. Um, he's not going to really get called for penalties at the next level um, with his nasty streak, whereas Penning might have some issues here and there. Um, Aquano is just so ridiculously fun uh, to watch. He, he dominates guys in the run game. I think he moves extremely well for his size. Uh, his second-level blocks are insane. Uh, I think he would fit a Shanahan offense, you know, that, that wide zone, outside zone, uh, pass blocking, I mean, run blocking scheme. Uh, but I also think he, he would do perfectly fine in a gap power. So um, he's scheme versatile, in my opinion. And clearly he's one of the top three guys. Uh, one of my favorite picks for the Ravens. I doubt he's even in range, but if he's at like nine, <laughs> eight or nine, I am going to be screaming at the top of my lungs for the Ravens <laughs> to move up to go get him. So I'm going to transition because – you saying being at the Ravens, um, and there's a guy that we always talk about, and Brian kind of shook his head that he won't be there. Um, I'm curious what Brian thinks about Nakobe Dean. I always say that he's a top ten pick. I don't see him leaving the top ten. What what is your thoughts on him being a possible top ten pick? Your saving grace is how old are teams that the positional value. Yeah. How do how are teams going to view an off ball linebacker? I I mean I would it's like last year with Micah Parsons I guess because he basically uh, Dallas's plan with him offset that but like with Devin Bush a couple of years ago kind of went higher than I thought maybe he would and so that's the only thing that I think would get Dean down to where the Ravens are. Uh, I love him as a player. Uh, his coverage ability is yeah. just off the charts. And that's what you need in a modern day linebacker. Um, I think he can attack the passer as well when, when called upon, when, when needed. Uh, you know, Nicobe Dean is linebacker one for me. And there you go. You know, it's, yeah, he's, a, yeah, he's I a think stud. he's, I think he's linebacker one. I think Lloyd, you get a lot of splash plays from him. Um, I think he loses track of the ball sometimes with his eyes doesn't get sideline to sideline as much as Dean does. But you definitely get that pass rushing ability from Lloyd, and mm-hmm. he's got such closing speed on him, and he'll he's make Zach that Cunningham. big play in the passing, yeah, passing I, game. I would he's say a lot that, like Zach Cunningham. Where he's probably going to – Zach Cunningham went day two, though, but he's a lot like him, where he's a little undersized, gets underneath blocks better, and he's quick off the ball, but he can get lost in the traffic and get in the fold a little bit. But he has yeah, that length and coverage ability. Yeah, I was going to say Lloyd definitely has the length. Um, a lot of his negative plays in the games I've watched have actually come with him on the edge. But then he also gets a few splash plays. So, yeah. 
you know, it was like boom, 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 negative, negative, negative for me when he's, you know, standing up as an outside linebacker rushing the passer. But then he'll get the splash play where he puts a spin move on the tackle yeah. and goes inside and he gets to the quarterback. So I think he has some serious skill um, rushing the passer. And, and really, it's the athleticism. Uh, but I just like Dean a little bit more when it comes to coverage. Uh, Lloyd is going to have that length. Uh, he's 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 going to be able to hold that over Dean you know, for his whole oh, career. Yeah. But um, to me, Nakobe versus Lloyd is going to be a good conversation uh, come April. It's really about the flavor of, of guy you like. Some teams are going to want that length in the middle of the field, and other guys are going to want the guy um, that maybe has – more intangibles when, when you're looking at the leadership aspect of things and um, the coverage grades. I, I just think Dean is is slightly better, but you're not getting a bad player. I think both of them have to go in the first round. Definitely. And as a Cowboy fan, I keep seeing the Kobe Dean mock draft to Dallas. And I'm like, there's no possible way he makes it to Dallas at what, 26? Um, but let's, let's get into the, because we got two fellow AFC North uh, fans, Ravens, and potential Super Bowl champion Bengals. Uh, let's get into the Ravens real quick, just because we don't know where the the Bengals are going to be drafting. Hopefully, it's thirty two for for Brian. Um, so, Jake, I'll let you talk about your Ravens. What what do you guys need? Um, I'm in a lot of spaces with you about the Ravens. I feel <laughs> like I'm a fellow Raven fan as well right now. So what do you think you guys need? What are some players that yeah. you'd like to see taken? And I'll go around. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you you clearly know, being in as many spaces as you are, Josh, yeah. that, that priority number one is offensive line for Baltimore. Uh, this year, the Ravens were decimated by injuries more than any other team, especially when it comes down to evaluating how impactful the injuries were, N not just the sheer amount, but the guys that were out and, and how that um, affected the, the Ravens season. So offensive line is critical. We would love to get a right tackle that can also play some left tackle in case the Ronnie Stanley injury, you know, lingers or it becomes a, a career threatening type deal. Uh, so I'll get that out of the, that out of the way. Um, if a top three offensive tackle is on the board, at 14, I think you just send in the card. That's it. You don't have to consider anybody else there. That's going to be the pick. Um, however, that seems very unlikely uh, in a lot of these mock drafts that that we're doing, fans are doing. To me, right after that position, edge makes a lot of sense. Um, you go with one of the best edge rushers, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, a former Georgia player, st standout at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> Um, I'm not just saying that cause he's a, a former Georgia guy, uh, no, clearly very talented guy. Um, so an, an edge position would make sense. David Ajabo, you know, the Ravens have the, the Michigan connection. We, we just brought back Mike McDonald, who was with the Ravens left for a single year. And during that year, Mike McDonald in Michigan made it to the college football playoffs. So we brought him back. He's our defensive coordinator now. Um, so the connection there makes sense. And then after that, you're talking about corner prospects or the very rare, um, Kyle Hamilton slide, 
Uh, so those are my my obvious picks. And then after that, you can get into the linebacker, uh, Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean conversation. And after that, defensive line. So Jordan Davis would probably be up there and, and Devontae Wyatt. Maybe those guys are trade-back scenarios. But yeah. um, Personally, yeah. I would like to see the Ravens trade-back. Um, yeah, like- I, I think trade-back makes a ton of sense. Um, those late tackles there could be available for you. You guys have enough picks in the fourth round that you can possibly make a move to move back into the first round. Um, I think that's an option for you guys and maybe get that defensive lineman cornerback. Um, Brian, I, I bring up the the Hamilton slide out of the top ten a lot, and you mentioned before um, the position value, and I feel like the position value in the NFL for safety isn't great. Um, I know Kyle Hamilton, he is sideline to sideline, coverage ability, um, closing speed's great. I don't think he's very good at uh, run support, but his coverage ability is great. Um, do you think that's a possibility? And what do you, what do you think about your hated team, the Ravens? <laughs> I mean, Kyle Hamilton, talent-wise, probably one of the five best in the class. Yeah. But, like, again, you said positional value. And it, it's so weird because the impact that a safety has – in the modern NFL game, but yet NFL teams still don't seem to value it on draft day outside of your Sean Taylor's, you know, back in the day. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, is it unrealistic that Kyle Hamilton could slide? No, I think uh, the Jets second pick at 10 is probably where that slide would end. In my opinion, I think that's, you know, definitely fits a need for them for sure. And just the talent and BPA would be so great at that pick. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, you look at some of the better, most impactful players like Derwin James uh, slides to 17 and he was yeah. one of the best players in that draft class. It, it makes no sense, but it happens all the time. Uh, do you have anything to add to the, the Ravens? Do you want to talk about your uh, Bengals? I mean, Start us I, off with them. We, we we could talk about the Bengals. I mean, it's 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 not it's not uh, uncommon knowledge what their top need obviously is. Uh, it's it's the offensive line. I mean, they've given up you know yeah. eleven sacks in three playoff games, nine in one game to Tennessee. Um, the debate last year before the draft was: Do you take Chase? Do you take Sewell? I was Team Chase for what it's worth, and that seems to worked have out for worked you. out. <laughs> uh, I, and I love Penny Sewell. I had oh, him as my number one player in the class last year, above Trevor Lawrence. So it's you had Sewell. I had Sewell. With uh, you would have hated me last year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I was an anti Sewell guy. But I mean, and I love Penny Sewell. But I mean, the choice was obvious, and it 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 transformed the Bengals' offense this year to what it is. Uh, but you need you're going to have to address it. I, I I said the other day, you know, you either need to sign or sign or trade for two and draft two at some point. Just you got to get, you need four new bodies in there. Uh, Jonah Williams is the only one that I think should be safe on the front, on the front line uh, at, at 32. There you go. 32. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Uh, I would love Zion Johnson as, as a guy oh, there, there you go. to target. Uh, should Trevor Penning slide? Sure. Um, I would have said Bernard Raymond. Uh, before Senior Bowl week, yeah, but oh my I, that was my guy before Senior Bowl. Yeah, he he was he struggled. Um, and there's, but I, I don't really think there's any other offensive tackles that I like in that spot. 
um, if pinning's off the board. But uh, it's like Zion Johnson, I love Ed Ingram, the guard from LSU. I think 30, yeah. 32, 31 might be a bit high. Yeah. But uh, maybe you trade out, you know, the first round if, if you get the right call. Um, you could talk me into corner. Uh, I think that's going to be a need. I, I, I think Eli Apple has played admirably, but he's a free agent, and his admirable play may get him paid by somebody. Um, so, and you're going to cut Trey Waynes. That was a that was free agency money not well spent. Uh, but Chidobe Awuze and Mike Hilton was great money uh, spent. Yeah, you're they, welcome. They, <laughs> uh, have been great. Um, uh, an edge rusher. They, they've got to get another guy. Uh, Joseph Asai, well, I think they wanted him to be that guy. Uh, and I, he looked like he was heading that way before he got hurt in the preseason. Uh, you, you, in theory, would have him back. But uh, Hubbard is is great in spurts, but not consistently great all the time. Hendrickson is great all the time. That was another great free agent signing. Uh, so I think those are your top three spots to look. Probably interior offensive line, corner, and uh, edge is the uh, in the first round. Yeah, sure. I just wanted uh, to yeah to chime in real quick. Um, you're talking about safety and a guy that's up for a contract, but I expect not to leave at all from Cincinnati is Jesse yeah. Bates. Um, people in Baltimore absolutely love him as a prospect, <laughs> and I I'm telling I'm telling all of them that there's no way he's leaving Cincinnati. They have a ton of money this year, and they like to keep their own. Um, so I, I don't see him going anywhere, but uh, I do want to give respect to a guy that is supremely talented at the position um, and the reason that, that Cincinnati doesn't really have to look for safety very high in this draft. At, at worst case scenario, they franchise tag. I mean, to yeah. me, that's the worst case scenario, and that's probably going to be, what, about $14, 15000000 million for a safety. And best case scenario is they get a deal done before free agency starts. I expect that's going to happen. Um, with his play, especially his play in the playoffs, I, I think he's going to end up being one of the highest paid safeties in the league uh, before the before free agency starts. His so, closing speed is ridiculously off yeah. the charts. So Brett, what do you think about Bengals, Ravens, All right, draft so, scenarios? Um, I'm, I, so I have the past drafts pulled up here, and I want to touch on something that Brian said. He's kind of kind of like alluded to it. Uh, impact players. When you talk about draft value with safeties kind of falling and stuff like that, positions of value, it's impact players. A lot of teams that are good at drafting, like the Ravens are, have been known to be good drafters. They draft impact players. And what I mean by that is guys who touch the ball. So they've drafted Rashad Baton, Patrick Queen, even though he's off ball linebacker, he affects the, the ball. Marquise Brown, Hayden Hurst, uh, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey, and Ronnie Stanley. So since 2016, they've drafted one offensive lineman, and the rest have been like impact players. And the and Ronnie Stanley, you can argue, was probably the best tackle of that draft, or up there as one of the best mm-hmm. tackles of that draft. So they they knew unless you have a can't miss prospect at tackle or a can't miss value, they get an impact player. And Jamar Chase for the Bengals was a huge impact player. Yeah. They're not in the position they're in right now by drafting Penae Sewell. I love Sewell. Mm-hmm. I love what I've seen from Sewell as a rookie. I wasn't a fan of him coming in, but I love what I've seen. But Jamar Chase changes your offense. 
with the ball in his hands. He makes plays. The ball doesn't have to be perfect. He's going to break tackles. He's going to make plays. That's why he was my top receiver. My top player was Kyle Pitts, but Jamar Chase was an absolute stud. And there, it was a can't-miss impact player. So, like, looking at the Bengals, I would have to agree with the with Brian as far as cornerback. I think corner should be something they should really look at. As low as they are, they could probably safely find an offensive line. Um, but trading out is probably the better value there, unless somebody falls. As far as the Ravens go, I would say where they're at, they need to take the best player available because they've had a lot of injuries that showed a lot of holes for a team that usually doesn't. So I would say like secondary could still be a possibility because their secondary mm-hmm. was struggling. So I still think corner's a possibility there, especially like Stingley. I can't see them like passing up a guy like Stingley or one of the other top corners in this draft. I really think Ravens will probably stick with their tried and true and either do something at the cornerback position or they'll probably go maybe another receiver because they still could use another receiver. Although I do like Bateman. Yeah, I, I think uh, Ravens-wise, I said it, um, trade-back is the best scenario for them. Yeah. Just, yeah, I feel like they have needs that they absolutely need right now. Obviously, offensive line's a big one. Lamar Jackson, you got to protect him. He's in his last year. But I feel like they have enough needs that the trade-back will help them greatly, especially for them wanting to move back in. I would assume they would want to move back in to the first round just because of how many picks they have the and the opportunity they have to do that. Uh, maybe get a, a playmaker on the defensive side and offensive side of the ball as far as, like, top talented player. Um, if you can get that tackle, maybe a penning if you trade back. Um, and then maybe get that Jordan Davis because I feel like he's going to fall. Um, I, might, I was a top 10 guy on Jordan Davis beginning of the year, but I feel like Nick Saban kind of showed – what you can do to take him out of the game um, in that SEC championship game. And I feel like NFL is going to try and do the same thing. Um, I, I do want to say, I, I went yeah. back and watched that game um, when when looking at Nicobe Dean. And I, I think that the negative talk about Jordan Davis is completely overblown. Uh, I wasn't specifically watching Davis in that game, but I, I noticed every play and – to me, he was not bad in the SEC championship game. I think it was. I, I, I really, had to I really think more. it was more just like regular broadcast, and maybe he was looking gassed. But um, yeah. yeah, to be maybe. honest, he, he was not. He was not bad. He was making some splash plays. Yeah, I think it was in my eyes later, and he had to take more plays off later, and he set out more uh, drives just because of how they were keeping him out there. So just to touch on because. This group doesn't really care. Uh, Steelers, Browns, do we think they need a quarterback? I know the Steelers need one. Do you think mm-hmm. the Browns are sold on Baker, or do you think they're going to go for a quarterback this year in a not-so-great quarterback class? I don't know. If, uh, I'm happy to go first unless Brian yeah. wants to. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Pittsburgh definitely wants to go quarterback. They've been heavily linked to Malik Willis. So that will be an interesting thing to watch uh, come April. And then the Browns, in my opinion, aren't going to move on from Baker Mayfield yet. This is not a very strong draft class. So I would be surprised if they took a quarterback early. Uh, in, in my opinion, they they would be better to just wait another year and see how Baker develops 
and then assess the the next draft class because I think it's supposed to be stronger at the quarterback position. Yeah, does, Brian, what do you think? I, I'm I'm with with Jake on the 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 Browns assessment for sure. I I, I think they want to see a fully healthy Baker this year, and I I think they're I would almost bet a large amount of money that their their first pick will be a receiver, a, a big threat receiver, which is something they lacked uh, last year for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh, I mean, there's a whole lot of smoke with them and Willis Man. for sure. Um, I, I just think they're if they want him, they're going to have to go up and get him. I I, I don't think they're going to be able to sit back and he's going to fall. Uh, they have they have made moves on players up in the draft when they wanted, uh, notably Troy Paul Malu. They moved up to get uh, Devin Bush. They moved up to get. So if they want a guy, they'll they'll spend the draft capital to go up and do it. So if if, if Willis is their guy, I, I'm not going to doubt that. But at this point, I mean, you the the word is maybe you have to go up to six cool. to do it. To Carolina, wow. Do you think Willis will be the top quarterback off the board? I do. Okay, um, Brett, what do you think as far as these two teams go? So I agree. Uh, there's no way the Browns move off of Baker right now. I think they keep him one more year. I think Brian's right. They probably go after a big play receiver because that's really what Baker needs to really stand out. And he's got the offensive line the run game, so there's like no excuse. You get a big play wide receiver and the defense is solid. So you, you're evaluating Baker with no excuses, no whatsoever. You see exactly what you have. And then you know 23, you can get a young quarterback and hit the ground running, go get a veteran quarterback, something. But, yeah, I, I think they'll go one more year with Baker. I think he's maybe has shown enough. I'm still a little skeptical with myself. But I think Pittsburgh, they don't sit on their hands for a quarterback. Uh, they're they're yeah. well-run organization. They know how to draft. They know how to build a roster. And when they want something, they're going to go get it. Uh, did they trade up for Roethlisberger in 2004? I can't remember. No, I think they sat. Did they sit? I, I don't think they traded up for him. Okay. I couldn't remember. So, But I can see them trading up for Willis. And I think at this point, I think they'll leap up for him because they know quarterback is the biggest difference for them. And they know – they can build their team. They've done such a good job of drafting in the lower part of the rounds because of their usually a successful team. I think they'll actually trade up and get their quarterback because they know the rest will fall in place. We just keep drafting like we do. We keep signing smart free agents. We take care of our guys in-house, and the rest will come. And they don't want to waste a guy like T.J. Watt. Like They know they have a star in T.J. Watt. They know they have good players on their team. They know they're like not far off, so they get their quarterback – and they take the next step. So I think they're not going to be afraid to go up and go get Malik Willis. Yeah, I yeah. think they might have they might have moved up for um, Edmonds as well, the, the safety uh, brother of of Tremaine. <laughs> yeah. they, I think they traded up for Terrell Edmonds. I think they did as well. Yeah, that was a big shocker uh, when it happened. Uh, a lot of people were like, "Wait." I don't think you understand which Edmonds you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, you, yeah, you wanted the wrong was, Edmonds. That's something when you yeah. wanted. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely a, a funny one. But l- last year, the thing I wanted to, to comment on was they were heavily linked 
to Najee Harris and they ended up getting him. So yeah. uh, sometimes where, where there's smoke, there's fire. So perhaps they do end up getting Malik Willis, even though they're heavily linked to him. And I don't yeah. think they want Carson Strong because they want a mobile no, quarterback. Think... They've been pretty open about yeah. they They've want a Lamar. mobile quarterback. Yeah, they they yeah. don't want this <laughs> sit in the pocket. I mean, all three of the quarterbacks in the division can move. So even Baker, I mean, they can move and make stuff happen off, off script. So I think they want that. They don't want to fall behind. And Pittsburgh is, does a really good job of not falling behind. But they still do what they do best. And I think Malik Willis fits what they do and fits their mentality. And I can see him just listen to him talk. I can see him as a Mike Tomlin guy. He just kind of has that same bravado as Mike Tomlin. It's yeah, like a perfect so fit, really. I, I think we saw early on they're they're trying to hype up uh, Mason Rudolph a little bit before saying <laughs> that that he's their guy. Um, and I've heard a couple people, yeah. And I've so heard a couple Josh people Rosen. say, yeah. Uh, don't get me on the Josh Rosen. <laughs> um, I've seen a couple people talk about how. Mason Rudolph just needs a little time to develop. And I think he's had plenty enough time. Yeah. We've seen him out there. He's just awful. There's no way you're going to keep Mason Rudolph on your team. Um, and I agree as far as the Browns go, a receiver would really help them. You have to – I said it for um, – I'm trying to think what team it was. But I, I said you need to give all the weapons possible to this team. Lamar Jackson, I think it was. Um, give them all the weapons possible. They did it for Dak in Dallas. And see what he can do. If he can't do anything, let's move on. And I think that's what you're going to get from Baker Mayfield here um, next season. But do we have any, before we get out of here, do we have any things that we want to talk about um, for this draft? Um, Any players you want to shout out to maybe some people to see or watch? Um, Jake, what do you have? Do you have anyone you want to shout out or anything? Um, I just had a quick question about about the Brown situation and the receiver position in general, yeah. uh, who do you think is that ideal target? If, if they take wide receiver one, who is that guy oh. for the Cleveland Browns? Is it Traylon Burks, that bigger wide receiver that can move all around the formation and still make big plays? Or is it like uh, one of the Ohio State guys, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave? Um, is it possibly George Pickens? Um, is it, is it London, Drake London? I, I just want to, want to hear what you guys think about, or, or I didn't even mention Jameson Williams from Alabama. Like he's one of those, you have to sit and wait for him to heal, but he's probably wide receiver one. If he doesn't get injured from the NFL perspective, explosive playmaker, that's kind of what a lot of teams go for. So who is that guy for Cleveland in a critical year for Baker Mayfield? I haven't been able to watch these receivers, so I'll let Brett and Brian take care of that. So I think Baker is the kind of guy that needs a guy to catch and run. You know, uh, kind of like Breeze had with Michael Thomas in a sense, but not at the same time. But I think Jahan Dotson would be perfect. Just that explosive receiver. Or uh, Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Yeah, I think he would be really good. Well, Jameson Williams is another one, but I think he's more of that deep guy. So, I mean, that could work too, but I don't know that that really fits what they're trying to do. But I think Dotson really fits what they would do. However, that system is known for wanting receivers to block. So, London actually fits that role well with his size. Or tra- Well, Traylon Burks, he's not as physical as I'd like him to be. But I like Drake London there 
And then you got like Calvin Austin from uh, Memphis. If you want to go with like the explosive inside guy of a smaller receiver. I've had Traylon Burks as wide receiver one for a while now. Probably not going to change. I anticipate that he's going to run sub four, four at the combine. And that's just going to further submit that he's going to be wide receiver one. I think if he's on the board for Cleveland, I think he's the guy. And you mentioned his uh, position versatility there. Uh, can had had played actually played more reps in the slot than you know outside. But I think outside's where he's where he should play most of the snaps. And I think you know he's a, he's a stud for the Browns and and what they need if, if he is on the board when they pick. Yeah, that one makes the most sense to me as well. Uh, the guys Brett uh, brought up also makes sense, but not necessarily where where the Cleveland is picking 13 overall. Uh, I like Jahan Dotson. I think he's uh, potentially a first-round pick, but uh, that'd be a little rich in my opinion. And Calvin Austin I really like as well, um, but but not in that, in that first day at all. You know, with him measuring in at 5'7", uh, about like 160, 170 pounds. He's super fun, um, explosive, a, a very good separator, but I, I don't think you're going to see an NFL team draft a guy that high um, at that weight and, and size. No, I'm just showing that you can get guy. I mentioned guys that would be all over the draft. So showing that they can get that impact receiver, whether day one, day two, or even day three, mm-hmm. there's, there's an impact receiver that they can look at and add. They can even add two. Uh, who, who was the guy's name for Michigan they added last year? Peoples Jones. Yeah, Peoples Donovan Jones, Peoples Jones. And yeah. So like you have him and Landry, but Landry's more the inside guy, and so I, I think maybe they more more want somebody on the outside. So maybe that guy like Burks or London fit better that way. But if you're, if you're looking at thirteen, now if you're looking lower, you know, then you start looking at the guys I was talking about. But I think the Browns have a good opportunity to grab. I mean, this wide receiver class is, is really good anyway. Get two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If one fails, grow. I mean, the Ravens drafted two tight ends that year to got Mark Andrews. Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Hayden Hurst was that freak athlete, never worked out, and Andrews is still there being a stud. So, yeah. Yeah. Grab definitely. two, one fails, whatever. <laughs> You're muted, Josh. You muted your mic, I think, physically on top. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I did this on our last show, too. Um, we keep doubling down on the receiver class because every year it just gets deeper and deeper yeah. for us. So, and I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see a team just go and get another another player in this draft instead of that receiver, even though we think that might be their biggest need because they can feel like they can go in the second round and get a talent, if not, probably not as great, but not far from, from that. So I could see maybe going in that second round, third round, getting that receiver, or like Brian said, maybe two. Brian, do you have anyone that you want to shout out or let people know, like, look, you brought out EJ before um, that I, I had no clue about, and is there anyone else like that that you want to let everyone know to go watch and evaluate? Well, since Jake has single-handedly named almost every single Georgia player in this draft class, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up at least one South Carolina player and I talked earlier about, you know, the Bengals picking at the back end of round one and maybe an edge guy would be, you know, a target there. Um, either at 
you know, at 32 or warm up, trade back into the early part of the second round. Kingsley and Barre is from South Carolina, is a tremendous player, hustle guy. Uh, he, he, when he, he's got that nice dip and flatten, flattens quick to the quarterback, uh, that you, that you love to see. Had a, I had a really good week of practice at the senior bowl. Um, he's also another guy that I think you can move around a little bit, uh, m- maybe kick inside on those, uh, those pass downs. Love Kingsley and Barre, and uh, I think he's got a bright future uh, in the NFL. Brett, what do you got? How about a guy that played a really well destroying game in Ty Chandler from North Carolina? I think he was explosive. I think he kind of showed maybe he should have been at the Senior Bowl. I mean, the backs of the Senior Bowl, it's hard to really judge the backs, like like Kimball had told us before. So, But I, I think Ty Chandler took advantage of his opportunity transferring to North Carolina, saw that golden opportunity, those two backs leaving. I think he took advantage of it this year. Uh, I, th- I think he really showed his versatility in that trying game, and I think, you know, he should be on everybody's radar. Uh, probably a day three pick, but I think he's definitely a back that can come in and make an impact right away as a rookie, especially in the right system. So I'll be keeping an eye on him and how he grows. And this, don't sleep with this running back draft either. He's still got – Yes. Plenty of talent. Damian Pierce from Florida, I was very impressed with at the Senior Bowl. Pass blocking, love it. NFL coaches love to see that. You get snaps as a rookie if you can pass block. You get a lot more snaps away. So I'll, he was one of my favorite backs there. So one of my favorite people on film for this year was Isaiah Likely. I feel like he got outshined at the Senior Bowl a little bit. Um, I love the way he can um, lead block. I love his speed. I think he has soft hands. Um, if you throw on his tape, you'll see him outrunning defensive backs. If you can throw him on film, please do, because he's a fun little chess piece that you can use on your team. I, th- I think he can play a little fullback, um, H-back, um, but he can be a little chess piece for you in the receiving game and probably play a little in line as well. Uh, I just like his game a lot, his speed, like I said, outrunning defensive backs. Um, but anyway, I appreciate you guys coming on. We're running over our, our normal hour here. I apologize to you guys. But uh, again, follow Brian uh, at Deep Fried Draft. Um, he is with Draft Countdown. Um, Jake at Real Jake Vogel. Um, your show is, I'm trying to remember what it is off the top of my head right now. It's the Sports Freak Podcast. It's a, it's a new Sports thing. Sports Freak University, you... right? Yep, Sports Freak University. Absolutely. Definitely. And then Brett and I at DS Scouting. Appreciate you guys. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thanks guys for coming on. I really appreciate thanks it. It was fun. Me. And we'll have you again sometime. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.